Hey everyone, Saltgrass Steakhouse is now open in Mishawaka. Wrangle up the crew and head down to Saltgrass Mishawaka for an unforgettable experience. Sink your teeth into mouth-watering char-grilled, certified Angus beef steaks. Sip on ice-cold craft cocktails. And don't forget to try the famous Spicy Range Rattlers, all made daily in the Scratch Kitchen. Start making delicious memories at Saltgrass Mishawaka, 5126 North Main Street, across from Lazy Boy Furniture Galleries. Dine with us today. Live from our WSBT Radio studios in downtown South Bend. Let's go! Come on! Ah! Welcome to Budweiser's Weekday Sports Beat. Wow, don't blink. A lot of major intestinal fortitude going on here. On your home for Notre Dame football. Knocked down by Wooden. The game is over. The Irish has upset Florida State. Notre Dame is number one. And Notre Dame basketball. Number one ranked UCLA Bruins have been upset by the Irish of Notre Dame. Good! wins the national championship for Notre Dame. Plus fighting Irish hockey. They score! Jake Evans scores! Notre Dame. 3.7 seconds away from a spot in the national championship game. The NFL and Major League Baseball. Oh my gracious, how about that? Sports Radio 960 WSBT, WSBTradio.com, the free WSBT radio app. Big time budgets. Now here's your host, seven-time Associated Press Broadcasting Award winner, Darren Pritchett. It is great to be with you on this Wednesday, August the 16th of 2023, a.k.a. 10 days until Notre Dame faces Navy over in Dublin, Ireland to kick off not only their season, the college football season in week zero. The Irish win. They're number one in the country, right? They're the only 1-0 team in the land. We welcome you to Budweiser's Weekday Sports Beat on 960 AM WSBT. We are streaming live at WSBTradio.com, our WSBT radio app. For those of you on the Twitch app, well, there's good news and bad news. The good news is, look, there's Eric Hansen, the publisher of InsideIndieSports.com, live and in the flesh. To his left is me, but you can't see me because my camera died. <laughs> so, Eric, you are carrying the load with that camera, camera right there. Yes, that's the only camera that's working. So the most important part of the show you can see, I'm happy about that. So it's great to have Eric back in studio for this 5 o'clock hour. The show is done at 6.20 tonight because... Those West Michigan Whitecaps are going to try to beat the South Bend Cubs up in Comstock Park tonight. It is a 6:20 pregame and a 6:35 first pitch with Brendan King up at that really cool ballpark in Comstock Park, Michigan. Well, good to see you, Mr. Hanson. Great to have you back in studio for the first back-to-back days co-hosting the program in the 5 o'clock hour. And you were out at Notre Dame for a little bit today, so... A couple of minutes of practice. So anything interesting, anything enticing, anything you can just tease us with, of course, a full practice report is available at InsideIndieSports.com. 
That is true. Uh-huh. I will tease. I think most people are kind of concerned about what's going on with Zeke Carell. He didn't practice yesterday. Uh, he was in uniform today, did some jogging and stretching, and then coaching the rest of the time. He has his left ankle fairly heavily wrapped. The belief is that he's going to be ready for Navy, that this isn't going to be something that's going to be long-term, and it looked like he was moving around better today than he was yesterday. And then uh, Ashton Craig, a sophomore, took his place with the ones today. And I would say the other thing is, you know, Notre Dame has split into scout team and varsity, so they're really honing in on Navy now. Watching a video that was posted by the Notre Dame football account nine minutes ago. Nine minutes ago. Nine. Thank you very much. And it's a one-on-one drill, so you know the ball's coming, but it's freshman wide receiver Rico Flores running down the left sideline, and right with him is Christian Gray. And Gray gets his head around to the football and with his left hand bats the football away. And that's something I think you've seen a lot of so far in fall camp. Number 29, Christian Gray continuing to show up making plays at corner. Yeah, that's, again, when the um, fall camp starts. The one thing is it takes me a while to – remember the new numbers and numbers that have changed. And I kept saying, who's 29? And I'm like, that's Christian Gray. (laughs) And he just keeps popping up. And I would say there's many times in the last 10 years that Christian Gray would be a starter going into that's how well he's played. Now, he's not going to be because Jaden Mickey and Kim Hart and Ben Morrison are prioritized over him, but he's running with the two still and, uh, Really interesting young man. I had a chance to talk to him before he enrolled. Just incredibly impressive kid. Good deal. We'll yeah. watch number 29 develop, and I'm sure we will see him on the football field in some key situations this season. Before we get to more Notre Dame football talk, for Chicago Cub fans, this is not great news. Starting pitcher Marcus Stroman, who has been out, he has now been diagnosed with a right rib cartilage fracture and so no timetable for his return so it looks like they'll be without Marcus Stroman for a little bit of time Cubs three and a half behind the Brewers for the top spot of the NL Central and a game behind those fighting fish from Miami for that final wild card spot I had to catch myself one of the Twitter reports Stroman has a right rib cartridge cartridge fracture now i can't even spit it out i don't think he's a computer all right so that's some cubby news all right let's let's get to our hat trick of opening topics with our inside indiesports.com publisher and notre dame football insider eric hansen start the music and now we can get started so i have some game scenarios for you okay okay and so i'm calling this who gets the call not who makes the call, who gets the call. Okay. So I'm going to describe some various Notre Dame football game scenarios, and I'm going to have you fill in the blank who would be the personnel for the Irish in this situation. Rules are pretty simple. All okay, right. Okay, I'm ready. Here we go. Okay. Situation number one, the opposition comes out in a four-wide receiver look. DJ Brown and Xavier Watts are your safeties, Okay. Okay. The corners are Cam Hart and Benjamin Morrison. 
who plays the Aztec position, that new position that has been basically, it's a position they've had, they've just renamed it Aztec. So who do you think would play the Aztec in that situation? And if you'd like to switch around personnel from what I gave, the dry erase board is yours. I'll go with that. Now the Aztec is going to show up in six defensive back sets, not in the five. So you'll have your nickel, which is Thomas Harper or Clarence Lewis. I think the Aztec will be Antonio Carter II. I think that's a perfect role for him. And to to be honest, we saw a little bit of that, just just a, <laughs> a hair of it. Uh, and and what the where the Aztec lines up is kind of where the rover usually is. Antonio Carter has cornerback speed. He's learning to be a safety full-time, and that kind of hybrid position fits him great. Notre Dame likes to get extra safeties on the field, even though they have these tremendous corners, because you can be more physical, and you don't get gashed against the run when you go to your nickel and dime packages. Okay, so the new guy from Rhode Island, Antonio right, Carter. has cornerback speed yeah. and and safety size something that he accomplished at rhode island look really good in coverage with the rams okay your next situation who gets the call eric it's fourth down and one and jared parker is going to jam that football down the opposition's throat so they're going to run it so i need to bring in a two tight end set with kevin bauman now out for the year he would have been a leading candidate to possibly be one of the two tight ends to block on this run play he's not an option so who do you think the Irish go with in a running situation fourth and one with a two tight end set and let's get rid of a decoy that they're going to put somebody out there that's a pass catcher that's a decoy I want the two best blockers so who gets the call okay so those are two different questions Uh, they are so I I roll out Mitchell Evans and Holden Stays and this is why if you roll out uh, let's say Davis Sherwood, you're probably tipping your hand. And and I think Holden Stays and Mitchell Evans are good enough run blockers that they can handle that assignment. Now, if you said, we don't care if they know what we're going to run, we're going to run it down their throat and yeah. demoralize them. Let's do this. Then I would say probably Davis Sherwood, who's kind of a full backish guy. And then I would say Eli Reardon, when he is 100% healthy, which he won't be for the Navy game, but he's going to be close. Why? Last year, according to Pro Football Focus, the top run blocker on the team was Joe Alt. Number two was Michael Mayer. Number three was Eli Rare. How about that? Yeah. And a small sample size, five yeah. games and limited snaps, but really showed something. So okay. those are the guys that I would go to if I just said, I don't care if you know, but if I want to be – you know, mysterious, or if I want to be able to check out of that play, I want Holden Stays and Mitchell Evans in there. So if it's a mysterious formation, it's the Austin Powers formation? <laughs> exactly. Mysterious, baby. Yeah, baby. <laughs> okay. So that's when Eli Reardon comes on the field, our Austin Powers guy. Yeah, I think okay. my Austin Powers is better than me rapping, so <laughs> yeah. I think people can stand okay. that. All right, here's another scenario for you. Marcus Freeman was talking the other day about offensive guards, and he mentioned he wasn't quite sure who the fourth guard would be, which 
I was a little surprised. In his conversation, he mentioned the two guys battling for left guard, Billy Shrouth and Pat Coogan. He mentioned the leading candidate for right guard, Rocco Spindler, but never mentioned Andrew Kristofik. Mm-hmm. But maybe he's still the fourth guard. We'll have to see. It could be a tackle moving over. So you get the call. Who do you think, in your estimation, is going to be that fourth guard behind Shrouth, Coogan, and Spindler? I think right now, and it still is Andrew Kristofik, Andrew is still taking the number two reps at right guard. The the interesting thing is, let's say Rocco Spindler, I hate to predict injuries, but let's say he got abducted by aliens. I don't know that that's better. <laughs> um, and so I think Andrew Kristofik has his starting experience and so forth. But at that point, I think Emil Wagner would move over from tackle and okay. start training at guard. I think he is a better all-round offensive lineman at this point with not a lot of guard reps. He, he got some, um, but I think Emil Wagner is the better of those two football players, but I think Andrew Kostopic has starting experience. He's assignment correct. What he doesn't give you is the brute physicality that Joe Rudolph wants and not saying he's timid, but, I mean, he wants bashers. He wants brawlers who can also follow their assignment. But that's how Rocco overtook him. That's how Rocco Spindler uh, got to be number one because Rocco Spindler will kick you into next week, and and he is becoming much more assignment correct. Let me ask a follow-up question. Since we're talking about physical brutality, do you think this has been one of the more physical camps in recent Notre Dame history? Is it noticeably different? <laughs> well, it's funny because I wrote about this the other day. And, you know, when have you heard a coach say, you know what, we're more passive aggressive this year? I mean, they, but but exactly. the thing is, Marcus said it, and, and the practices we've been in, it's been backed up. And it's also chippier. Guys are talking. They're, um, it's just more competitive without being um, irresponsible as far as the physicality. You Putting know. someone in danger. Right. Yeah. Like doing what Batello used to do. I mean, Batello, like, okay, we want you to tag off, and he would knock them, you know, indoors 12 feet into the wall, you know. And so that isn't happening. Jordan Batello isn't injuring his teammates. No Jeff Fain tackling yeah. someone yeah. about four seconds after yeah. the whistle yeah. back in the so, day <laughs> but yeah i i do think it's been emphasized and it's certainly the eye test is backing that up jeff fain was the king of the finishing of the pancake block absolutely he wasn't going to stop until the guy was on his back <laughs> and no wonder he was a first round draft no choice. question okay next up on who gets the call with eric hansen the publisher of inside this is just more basic which linebacker do you expect to be on the blitz the most this season? Okay, now here's my thought about this. Okay. So, again, they don't want to show us all the packages, but we've seen enough that Maris Leofau and Jalen Sneed, when they're going to rush the passer, they usually just tiptoe up to the line and they start there. They're not blitzing. They're, they're lined up as an extra pass rusher. So who stays back in a more traditional linebacker role that I think would be a good pass rusher? Jack Kaiser had a great pass rushing grade. He gets home. He's, he's good at it. And I think 
Jack Kaiser would be the guy I would expect to blitz the most. Okay, very good. And when you've got two corners like the Irish have, Mr. Kaiser might be a little busy this year getting into the backfield. Okay, finally, this is just kind of a wild guess. We'll see how the game transpires. But if you had to guess, who do you think will be Notre Dame's top two tacklers when they take on the United States Naval Academy in 10 days? And again, they're an option football team. But as I've talked about this month, we keep hearing that they're going to run out of different formations. They may throw a little more. So this isn't just going to be regular old triple option. At least it doesn't sound like. Well, we had Bill Wagner on our podcast today. Bill is, which you can find on our website. Bill has been the Navy beat writer since like the late 80s. And so what they're going to do is have a quick passing game, but they're still going to do triple option. Um, And their concept is, you know, this is going to keep the defenses off guard a little bit more. But it's still about ball control, Darren. It's getting them out on the perimeter maybe and letting them run around in space. Uh, But we're not talking a downfield, you know, drop back kind of uh, passing game unless, you know, they want to catch somebody sleeping. So last year, Xavier Watts, uh, I almost said Deshaun Kaiser, Jack Kaiser, Maris Leofau were the leading tacklers with eight, and Prince Colley, who's now at Vanderbilt, had seven. I could see it being Watson-Kaiser again. Kaiser played kind of a safety role last year. Clarence Lewis may be in that mix, just from what I saw at practice today. Uh, But Watts is such a good, sure tackler. Uh, I have a hard time not putting him in the top two. All right, very good. Let's move along to our second hat trick opening topic here on Budweiser's Weekday Sports Beat on this Wednesday. Eric, just generally speaking, I want to get a couple of thoughts on the defensive line, a major question mark going into the spring, coming out of the spring, going into fall. Even though in the spring they showed us a lot of positive plays and players making positive progress and developing, now here we are into fall camp. Based on your pre-camp expectations of the defensive line, are they meeting those expectations? Are they even going beyond what you thought they might be able to do during fall camp? They have certainly met my expectations, and I am open to the possibility that they are going to be the surprise of this team, that they're going to be the surprise position group, that the front seven in total will be the surprise part of this team in a good way. For me, I've still translated that to 10-2 and two with an 11-1 and one ceiling. Mm-hmm. I was on a show last night with Mike Golick and Jamie Miyama and Pat Scanlon, and they translated that to an 11-1. and one. They're pushing their chips a little bit farther <laughs> into the table than I am. I'm holding on to a few. Uh, and the reason why I say it, Darren, is I think Riley Mills is finally for real. I think the pass rush is probably going to be better than everybody thinks. I think they're going to be better against the run. And one of the reasons it is a guy like Jason Anye. Jason Anye, to me, is the absolute surprise when you go from the end of last season until now. I'm putting Jason – I'm picking Jason Anye in my, you know, Thanksgiving um, 
backyard team. He would be on my team. And I think he's going to play a lot and impact things. I'd say where I'm still not um, sure how I feel about the position is the field end position where you have the two hyphenated guys sharing it, Nana Osafa Mensa and Javante Jean-Baptiste. You know, I kind of want to see one or the other take that over a little bit more, still have a rotation there. JJB is a guy that could be there. He made Bruce Feldman's freaks list, uh, but I just – that's where I'm. I have a little bit more hesitancy. Sure. I'm m- much more sold on that interior group than I think a lot of people. You know, when they didn't get somebody really good out of the portal, I kind of went rut row. And then, you know, sometimes it works out. The year that Jerry Tillery emerged as an All-American, Notre Dame tried to get a um, grad transfer from Clemson. He goes to Oregon, ends up being a non-starter at Oregon. And Jerry Tillery turns into All-American. So sometimes these things work out. Okay, let's move along to our third and final opening topic. And this is one of those list topics. So are you ready? I am. I'd like for you to, just generally speaking, in your estimation, who do you think are going to be the top five defenses that Sam Hartman and the Fighting Irish offense will face in 2023? You want to go five to one? Sure. So, as you look at last year's statistics, there were six teams out of the 12 on this schedule that were 31st or higher in total defense. That's a lot. That's more than you normally see if you're Notre Dame. Navy was one of them. They were 31. Louisville was another one at 23. I did not include those in my top five. I'm projecting one different team, and that's Duke. I think Duke's coming on with Mike Elko. Okay. So I put them at number five. They were last year 67th, a very good run defense, not so great against the pass. I think they'll be better against the pass this year, and that's why you'll see their number come Boy, up. their schedule's going to get a whole lot tougher this year. They might be better, Eric, Yeah. in terms of execution as a football team and only win seven games. They've added Clemson and Notre Dame and I think Florida State. So, yeah. a little more challenging this year, but what a turnaround last year. Okay, your number four defense the Irish will face. I'm going to go with Pat Narduzzi at Pitt. Pat has some, you know, they, they've got new offensive, some new offensive coaches that I think are really good. But they've always been pretty good on defense. They were seventh in the country and run defense last year. They lost some of that personnel. But generally, Pitt is a pretty good defense year after year as long as Pat Narduzzi's there. You get a lot of whining about Notre Dame not being in the conference, (laughs) but you do generally get some pretty good defense. Hopefully he will not encourage his quarterback to get on social media before one game this year, if you know what I'm saying. All (laughs) right. And he gets to face his old quarterback, Mickey, even though Mickey's not going to play against Pittsburgh, but he'll see him across the way. I don't think he'll be shaking hands. Oh, Minchie? Yeah. Or Minchie. Kenny, Kenny I said Minchie. Mickey. Excuse me. Mickey. Minchie. Excuse I got Jalen Mickey. I was asking about right. Mickey right. before the show. That's yes, okay. the quarterback, Minchie. All right, number three defense. Okay, number three, I'm going to go with NC State. NC State was really good across the board last year. They were 10th in run defense, 12th in pass efficiency defense, 19 in total defense. 11 in scoring defense. Had they had an offense that was consistent and not 
had Devin Leary injured and yeah. a quarterback, but that defense carried them, and it could carry them to certain games and other games. They were exposed on offense. And so they're hoping that Brendan Armstrong transferring in from Virginia is the answer to having at least an adequate, if not a better-than-average offense. But NC State will be tough. That's why I think that's a trap game because though Notre Dame will go from Navy in a little bit different look on defense, Tennessee State and FCS defense, and then boom, NC State on the road with a really good defense. Their secondary is coming back pretty much last year, and the last two games against Sam Hartman, they have intercepted him a total of six times. Three in each of his last two starts against NC State. Something to keep in mind. Okay, the top five defenses the Irish will face this year, number two. It was Number between two. two teams, obviously. Uh, I, I picked Clemson in this spot. Um, I could have gone with them at number one. They were very good against the run last year, although Notre Dame ran on them. Oh, um, they made that defensive line with all those stars look pretty average. Yeah, I mean, you kind of look at the Notre Dame game, and then you look at the rest of their schedule and say, how were they this good against uh, other teams? Uh but um, they, their weakness early in the year last year was against the pass. And oh. Sam Hartman just carved them up. I mean, he had no problem. And, and Wake couldn't run the ball against Clemson. And Sam was just chucking it. I, that, was, that was the eye-opening game for me. I mean, I had no idea Hartman was even thinking about transferring at that point in the season. And I went, that's the kid from 2018 that went against Ian Book? He's grown up. Yeah. I was so impressed with him. And getting torched all day, those six touchdown passes, Clemson went cover two, and then Wake Forest decided to run it, and that cost him the ball game. How do you take the ball out of Hartman's hands? Yeah. Don't get it. All right, so who's the best defense the Irish will face this year? Well, I don't think Michigan fans will agree with this, but I I still think it is Ohio State. Hmm. I think they're healthy. They have some question marks a couple of question marks in their secondary, but they're not big question marks. Um, they've got a lot of great athletes in their defensive line. I think their linebackers are really good. Eichenberg. Um, you know, again, they got they got torched against the pass uh, against some teams, not against Notre Dame, but they got torched. And certainly later in the year, Michigan did whatever they wanted. And so if I'm somebody, I'm watching that Michigan film, but I mean, they were seventh in sacks. They were a very good run defense, um, 13th in total defense. So I'm going to give the Buckeyes the nod there. All right, so 5-1, to one, Duke, Pittsburgh, NC State, Clemson, Ohio State, no USC. They've got like 6 million transfers. And we have to see yeah, if it's going to work yeah. out. And Lincoln and, and, Riley's track record is no defense. Right. They were 105th in total Woo. defense last year. Oof. And even with all those transfers, I think to get up, to be where these other defenses are, I think that's too too steep of a climb. They're going to have to prove it to me. They have like 5 million transfers from Arizona. And how about Pittsburgh? Old Shane Simon's going to start a linebacker for them this year. The former Irish linebacker and Sebo Flemister is a backup running back. Good, good for him uh, with Shane Simon because he was such a great prospect and really struggled, you know, he started as a rover. They kind of moved him inside, kept moving him further away from having coverage responsibilities. But he's found his rhythm, I think, is a great story yeah. and, and good for him. 
Eric Hansen, Darren Pritchett, Sportsbee, brought to you by Budweiser for 13 years. Folds of Honor and Budweiser have provided life-changing scholarships to military families. Join United Beverage in raising a bud to raise funds for Folds of Honor. By the Food Bank of Northern Indiana. Hunger is a story we can end. Find out how at FeedIndiana.org. By Barnaby's of Mishawaka and Granger. Now with three locations to serve you, Barnaby's, the family inn. And by the Mishawaka Education Foundation, granting a better future. We'll dig into more Notre Dame football topics next on WSB. Notre Dame football coverage continues now. Gives to Estime. He leaps at the one and goes over the strike. Touchdown, Notre Dame. Budweiser's weekday sports beat. Hartman keeps it, runs it up the middle, bulldozing to the end zone, and he's in. On Sports Radio 960 WSBT. Low snap, hands off inside to Estime. 10-5. He'll get there. Touchdown, Notre Dame. Well, officials say the wildfires that erupted on the Hawaiian Island of Maui have become the deadliest natural disaster in state history. Disaster workers from the American Red Cross are in Maui working around the clock to help those affected. If you'd like to donate, visit redcross.org. That's redcross.org. Or call 1-800-RED-CROSS or text the word Red Cross to 90999 to make a $10 donation. And I believe Coach Freeman had a support Hawaii logo on his hat the other day at cool. practice all right 538 he is eric hansen the publisher of inside my name is darren pritchett we continue on with sports speed on this wednesday evening i mentioned marcus freeman there's been a lot said and written about coach freeman year number two as head coach of the fighting irish he has seen He's been seen as an individual that before practice starts, he'll bring the guys around, deliver a message to the team, sometimes very passionate, very emotional in his comments. Eric, as you go into year two, based on what you have seen in the fall, do you see a different Marcus Freeman, the way he's attacking this season, the way he's preparing this football team? Almost in every phase of what you see with Marcus, whether it's with the media, whether it's with his team, um, you see a different guy, an involved guy. Certainly, let's start with, and, and Marcus mentioned this in his press conference the other day. He said, you know, my first year I was kind of taking other people's ideas and kind of pasting them into yeah. what I wanted to do. And certainly he um, gave a lot of rope to Tommy Reese to handle the offense. He had some suggestions there. Now – you feel like his fingerprints are on the offense, they're on the defense, they're on special teams. There's a lot more of his own vision into it now that he's gone through it once. So that's that's number one. I mean, when he's with the media, he's still great, but he's mastered the art of the word salad. He knows when not to say too much, <laughs> you know. So he'll he'll kind of give you the, you know, where I, I think maybe he was. A little too candid for his own good sometimes last year? I agree 100%. Okay. And then with his team, I mean, in general, he's more intense in practice, and yet he's really good at reading them. He he reads, okay, what do they need today? Do they need a kick in the butt? Do they need a big hug? They usually get both. Um, but he's he's very good at, okay, maybe we need to – 
shortened practice today. And, and you know, he had the now infamous Allison Hayes, who does this show with you on Tuesday, had a great video of him. And it was, you know, I mean, if, don't play it when your kids are around or your grandkids. Um, but, you know, some naughty words of him getting fired up before Saturday practice. and Words that can be heard on cable. So. Yeah, words that can be heard on cable. So. Things have changed. But it was it's not words I'm used to hearing Marcus no. say, no. And, and his kids weren't around. Sometimes they are at practice. He wouldn't have been able to have them around or they'd have to have earplugs. So um, just a maturity into his coaching um, and just a better feel for – who Marcus Freeman is. I think, you know, last year he felt like in some ways on the job training, you know, kind of an intern and he knew what to delegate. He still knows what to delegate. It's just different things. He is holding more of the important cards this year. He's yeah. not delegating those and and he still listens to a lot of people. I mean, he's he still asks questions and listens and then he says maybe or yeah. meh or yeah that's a great idea I was pretty candid early last year I felt like he was getting bad advice from people around him he wasn't being himself in press conferences he was so stiff and guarded now it's like you're talking to Marcus at the barbershop yeah in a press conference he's relaxed he's in control of the situation and football coaches part of their DNA is they can't tell you everything because yeah. of the most guarded coaches in the right. history of civilization. Right. But I don't ever feel like Marcus just absolutely lies to us like Correct. previous coaches. I think Marcus does a good job of walking around it, but I hey, never feel like yeah. he's telling a fib. The word salad is definitely the weapon there of yes, choice it is. because <laughs> you're not lying, but you're not saying anything. You're just, you know, you go to transcribe it and you go, there's nothing here. Yeah. Yeah. Or you, you actually hear it and you go, you roll your eyes and just know that, you know, and sometimes you can drill down on, on stuff. The way that we have questions formatted where we get to somebody else is going to have to pick up your, pick up that and, and go with that. But you know, that's okay. I, I still think we get a lot of information, we get a lot of information from the assistant coaches. We yes. have a lot of access to them and we have a lot more access to players that aren't the same guys that roll out every week. I mean, we had – I mean, to talk to Devin Ford, who hasn't played a game yet, he was a fascinating story. And I think people, just by the feedback I've gotten on that story today, have said, wow, what an interesting guy. That was Brian Kelly's biggest miss. There were yeah. so many players whose voices needed to be heard because right. of their stories, which helps the Notre Dame brand. Yeah. He just – couldn't allow that to happen and I'm just so happy Marcus is totally different from that standpoint and if you could two of your fra favorite phrases if you could use it in one sentence sometime this year word salad and blabbermouth okay. Marcus Freeman gave a word salad to the blabbermouth in attendance that would make me so happy I will try my best okay let's talk about Al Golden for a moment the defensive okay. coordinator we documented last week in a conversation he got out of the Super Bowl and jumped right into the defensive coordinator role, and he had a lot to learn coming back to the college game with the different offensive schemes. So he's now, it would sure seem like Eric caught up to the game, the college football game. Based on his personnel, do you have a good guess to what Al Golden's defensive style or his trademark is going to be this year? I would say versatility. I think 
you know, what not a lot of people have talked about because we've never seen it in practice or maybe a very quick glimpse of it. I think you're going to see some three down linemen this year. I think you're going to see a three, three, five at some point where, um, Jordan Botello steps back and is a linebacker. An outside linebacker, basically. Yeah, outside okay. linebacker. And then having five defensive backs, including three of those safeties, depending on certain teams and certain situations, that may be, you know, and, and we think back at some of the three down linemen stuff that Marcus ran when he was a defensive coordinator and it wasn't very good. That doesn't mean three down linemen won't work, but. I think there's certain teams. I think USC, with the way Caleb Williams plays, that may be the ticket. So we may not see it for a while, and then, boom, you're going to see that. But you're going to see different packages. There's so many guys involved. There's so many guys they have a trust level with. So many safeties, so many linebackers. I mean, Drake Bowen's going to play. A freshman you know, for a man, Dran High, you know, is going to play. Um, so I'm really eager to see it. The thing that's really neat is you're not having to protect your cornerbacks. Remember how much you'd go into season and there were things you couldn't do because you couldn't trust the cornerbacks to be on an island. And now you say, you know what? They can press. They can do just about anything. And they can do it too deep pretty easily. Uh, you know, they can throw Jaden Mickey and Christian Gray out there and feel pretty confident about what they're going to do out there, which is just such a mind boggle. So this defense is going to be, you know, as much as people are excited about Sam Hartman, this defense is kind of the untold story, the unfurled story that really could determine a lot of where Notre Dame ends up at the end of the season. If they go 3-3-5, could we bring back Trevor Laws? Remember the massive yeah. season he had yeah. at defensive tackle? He was just yeah. an absolute monster. Finally, in your opinion, you watch fall camp, and a lot of times, Eric, everything just looks great. And yeah. we have to take a deep breath and say, hey, when the lights go bright, what's going to look the same? What's not going to look the same? As you think back to practice so far, is there anything with this football team that you still feel like could be fool's gold or you have to really see it against NC State and and Ohio State to believe that what you're seeing right now is what you're going to see throughout the season? I need to see the pass rush against an offense where the defense doesn't know the plays, where they don't know exactly what they're going to see. I want to see what that looks like. You know, maybe safety depth, although they've looked really good in the practices that we've been in. Um, they've been kind of a surprise. I'm trying to think. I mean, certainly offensive line chemistry. Yes. Just because we didn't, we haven't seen the Coogan Spindler lineup that long. I mean, they've been time sharing so much. How are they going to be uh, once they go against NC State's front? and Ohio State's front in weeks three and week five, and I'm not writing off sure. Navy's front. Navy There's was number handful. two team in rush defense. We're, again, nine starters back, uh, running basically the same scheme they did last nine. year. Their weakness nine. is the downfield nine. passing nine. game, which ding, 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 Sam Hartman answers some of that. So, yep. uh, But 
Yeah, that the offensive line against so many good defensive fronts is going to be interesting. He's Eric Hansen. Read his work at InsideIndieSports.com. I'm Darren Pritchett. We'll take a timeout. When we come back, we will do the Twitter slash X question of the day here on WSBT. This is the Budweiser's Weekday Sports Beat Twitter question of the day from Sports Radio 960 WSBT. All right, 554. At WSBT, I'm Darren Pritchett, joined this hour by the publisher, editor, writer at InsideIndieSports.com, Eric Hansen. And we have reached the point of the show where we offer the results of yesterday's Twitter X question of the day. Yesterday, we asked you, Eric, of these four choices, what do you expect a Notre Dame Navy postgame headline to be? Now... I wanted to be really creative since I'm not a writer and have these really cool headlines, but you only have so many characters on Twitter, so I couldn't go all out. So, Eric, I well, apologize. Well, you only have so many characters in print headlines. That's true. That's true. But now, on websites, you can just go nuts. There's no rules, right? Pretty much um, our rivals' headlines have a character. Okay. But it's well, pretty long. So here's what I came up with. Headline, Notre Dame beats Navy on the ground. Number two, Hartman bombs away in a Notre Dame win. Number three, Notre Dame defense gives Navy Navy's offense few options. And number four, Notre Dame opens season with a close win over Navy. Well, I give you credit for not getting the all-time cliche, Notre Dame sinks Navy. Yeah, I'm not going to go there. Okay. Not going to go there. I'd say the one that is the most accurate here, given Navy's strengths and mm-hmm. defense, or mm-hmm. strengths and weaknesses, is Hartman bombs away in ND. Okay. We'll see if you had the match game definitive answer. Okay. Are you ready? Yeah. Fourth in the voting, Notre Dame defense gives Navy offense few options. 3% of the vote. No love. Maybe the most creative of the headlines, but substance, not good enough. Third in the voting, 13% went with Notre Dame open season with a close win over Navy. Navy's offense, you're going to have to adjust on the fly probably. There's going to be some adjustments. Second in the voting, 29% went with... Notre Dame beats Navy on the ground. But winning the vote, and Eric's choice, Hartman bombs away in a Notre Dame victory. That got 55% of the vote. Can I um, offer one alternative? Sure. Who was that masked man? (laughs) The Don Crickey call of Stephon Tuitt in 2012. He had no idea who was returning that ball for a touchdown. He had no clue. None whatsoever. Who is that mass man? (laughs) (laughs) All right. I should write that. I could have went something like battleships, but no, anyway. All right. You sunk my battleship. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) Here's today's question. Which starting quarterback is going to have the most Passing and rushing touchdowns during the regular season. Sam Hartman for Notre Dame in 12 games. 
Justin Fields of the Bears in 17 games or rookie quarterback Anthony Richardson of the Colts in 17 games. So rushing and passing combined. Who will have the most touchdowns of those three? Would you like to answer now or wait for tomorrow? I can answer now if you want. Please do. Well, I mean, if it's Sam Hartman, then those other guys don't deserve their paychecks because they have five extra games to do it, right? So Sam Hartman's out. So Justin Fields or Anthony Richardson. Justin Fields has been around a while. He can do both. Anthony Richardson can do both, but he's a rookie. I'm going with Justin Fields. You're going with Fields. Justin Fields forever. All right. We'll see what the voting ends up tomorrow. Vote right now on my Twitter account at 960 Sportsbeat. And that song means it's time to find out what you, the Irish fan, will find tonight at InsideIndieSports.com. Well, um, we have my practice report, my takeaways from the practice. You mentioned that. We have a couple really good um, running back features, Devin Ford and Jadarian Price. I would suggest reading both of those. Tyler's uh, story on Benjamin Morrison, which is a longer piece, boy, that was really good. As good as I think Tyler's written anything on our website to this point, I would read the Benjamin Morrison piece. And then submit your questions for tomorrow's live chat. We usually do it on Wednesday. We're doing it on Thursday this week because of a scheduling conflict. So get your questions in. It's free. Just include your name and your hometown. Mention Sportsbeat. You will definitely get your question answered. Absolutely. All right. And how wonderful Darren is. No, we'll put it at the top. No, not at all. We'll see you tomorrow. Sounds great. That's Eric Hansen, the publisher of InsideIndieSports.com. Sportsbeat continues next on WSBT. Hey everyone, Saltgrass Steakhouse is now open in Mishawaka. Wrangle up the crew and head down to Saltgrass Mishawaka for an unforgettable experience. Sink your teeth into mouth-watering char-grilled, certified Angus beef steaks. Sip on ice-cold craft cocktails. And don't forget to try the famous Spicy Range Rattlers, all made daily in the Scratch Kitchen. Start making delicious memories at Saltgrass Mishawaka, 5126 North Main Street, across from Lazy Boy Furniture Galleries. Dine with us today. 